Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight. And I'm joined as always by the man they call Tony Kerr. Evening. How are you doing, Tony? Not too bad, actually. Yeah, pretty good. I feel like we're in some kind of, I don't know, uh, tech startup really here. Yeah. Uh, there's like Macs and things. We're out of the usual setting. We're not in our... We're in a quite a wacky office. Usual studio. We're in a kind of uh, subterranean cave. We're at your house. Yeah, with my gaff. We've come around your house. It's like the old days, isn't it? Yes, it's nice. Yeah. I'm getting all misty-eyed with nostalgia over here. Pretty uh, rudimentary, really. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's come back to basics. Very low-tech. Uh, we're not used to this poor standard of... of audio there's even a receptionist it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I mean I have got my PA here because um, I that was one of the, the stipulations that I put in the contract I'm not doing a single episode without my PA being here so she's keeping me well supplied with ice water and uh, slices of lemon quite right uh, but but other than that yeah it's it's much less glamorous than what we used to what's the reason for that tone I'll give you the answer the World Cup mm. In the past, sometimes we've not been able to get to the studio. You know, sometimes, you know, if there's been heavy snow or torrential rain, flooding, high winds, sometimes we can't make it out of our homes into the studio. And this time, it's World Cup uh, is preventing us from doing that. Good enough reason. I'd say it's it's as significant as any of those other things. But anyway, yeah. So World Cup is uh, is keeping us out because we've got Spain Chile in about half an hour. Yeah, I'm looking, on with it. Looking at my watch here, so short intro. This I week. just thought I'd come round your ass uh, and we'd record it here. So apologies to listeners if the audio quality is abysmal, but we're doing our best. We've got what looks, you know, looks like a microphone. So with some of the way there, anyway. It appears to be plugged in as well. Yeah, so it's, it's all there. Back in the day, uh, many moons ago, when we started this thing. There were five of us then. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a long time. Uh, we actually once recorded an episode into a laptop, into a MacBook, into the mic of a MacBook, in a park. <laughs> yeah. Five of us. I mean, just God knows what, A, what we were thinking, or B, what it sounded like, because uh, no one heard it. Uh, surprisingly enough, not many people listened to that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. How many really? years ago was that? Eight. That's horrible, isn't it? It's frightening. That's actually terrible. What are we doing with our lives that we're still doing this thing? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I hope everyone's enjoying the football. I'm certainly enjoying the football. Yeah, we, well, we've just watched. Uh, well, I've just watched Australia Netherlands game of the tournament so far. Yeah, it's a hell of a game. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, I was watching that Australia Holland game, really rooting for Australia because they're sort of the underdog, you know, the plucky Aussies. But it's just funny how in different sports, like in cricket, hate them. Mm. Football can't get enough. Same in like rugby in rugby you're really kind of rooting against the All Blacks just because they're so dominant 
But then in cricket, plucky New Zealand, <laughs> yeah. football as well, love them. It's, just... it's funny, there were quite a few Aussies in the pub and... Uh... You know, even I was coming out like, come on, Bresh, and all this <laughs> stuff. I was, I was shouting it. I was like, unbelievable. Believe it. And there was one point uh, where quite a heavy challenge came in from one of the Dutch players, and I heard uh, one of the Aussies standing nearby go, Oh, come on, ref! <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. What tournament it's been so far, it just never stops, Tony. It never stops. Three games a day, it's relentless. I mean, it, all, it stopped for a moment during Iran, Nigeria. <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah, it kind That's... of shut it to a halt. That's been the one lull so far. But there's just been some great games, non-stop football. And as we said previously, the time zone is great this year from the point of view of hardly any of the action takes place during working hours, during normal working hours. Which is fantastic, but that's that just means that that's the only thing that I'm doing. Like, what what else? Like, yeah. no, nothing else can happen while the World Cup is on. So I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be single soon because <laughs> uh, you know normally on a you know Tuesday or a Wednesday night like tonight we you know, might go and get a milkshake at the at the milk or the malt shop or you know, go catch a movie at the drive-in or something. But uh, yeah, that's not happening. Do a now. cricket podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've got to fit this in as yeah. well. Yeah, something's got to go. <laughs> Uh, we had lots of football then. England game tomorrow night. It's all very exciting. But tonight we're talking about... Um, let's check my notes here. Cricket. Uh, lots coming up on this week's show in the next half an hour. Uh, a thrilling test match at Lordstone. A gripping well, denouement. Cricket tried you know, for a brief moment. It was fed up with you know, having the headlines stolen. Uh, and it, it tried for a brief kind of two hours to wrestle back people's attention and it and it worked it did work we actually changed, we changed the channel, channel yeah. from Germany Portugal I mean literally just for the last <laughs> three overs of the cricket but listeners will be pleased to know that I am fully caught up on the highlights and no doubt Tony is as well so yeah. we will be diving right into that tonight if there's time uh, I've got a couple of fantastic side notes as well uh, so we'll see how we get oh, on I predict there won't be time <laughs> uh, but Okay, let's crack it. Well, it's 7.31 at the moment and the game kicks off at 8, so we'll let the listeners be the judge of that. England. This is the part of the show where we talk about England. Now, Tony, England's Test Match Summer got off to a lively start this week with an exciting game against Sri Lanka at Lourdes. Well, I mean, I say it was an exciting game. Much of it wasn't that exciting. That exciting uh, but certainly the finish was absolutely sensational, as we as we just said, a, a strong enough and exciting enough finish to actually get us to change the channel. A fantastic denouement. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the kind of the footballing equivalent of what just happened would be an absolutely diabolical, well, <laughs> virtually diabolical eighty-eight minutes with some solid performances from the defenders, uh, and then a late goal, and then a late equaliser as well. That'd yeah. probably be so. You know, yeah, you've had a, you know, you've re- you've walked away going like, wow. That was memorable. Yeah, exactly. But you've kind of forgotten the 88 minutes that preceded it, <laughs> where you fell you asleep. Turgid minutes before that. Yeah, that's very much like what happened in this test match. Well, there are lots of talking points from the Plenty. game, but it perhaps wasn't that thrilling for the most part. But England batting first racked up 575 for nine declared. They actually got off to a very rocky start when they were 22 for two and then 120 for four. But Joe Root hit an astonishing unbeaten 200 to propel his side up to a, a, a massive total Matt Pryor back in the side made 86 Ian Bell 56 and Moen Ali on debut 48 but Sri Lanka responded well uh, they were all out for 453 
They would have been thinking about quite a few more than that when they were 385 for four, but England knocked over the lower order quite quickly. Uh, but hundreds for Kumar Sangakkara and Angelo Matthews. England on the fourth day were looking to back quickly to set up a declaration, but they were in all kinds of trouble when they were 121 for six. Uh, but Gary Balance steadied the ship. An unbeaten maiden test century, 104 not out. He was supported by Chris Jordan and Stuart Broad. England eventually declared on 267 for eight to set Sri Lanka a target of 390. Set up for a fantastic final day. Um, Sri Lanka were going along very comfortably when they were 123 for one. And they even went into tea with seven wickets still in the shed. Uh, but then a, a, a breathtaking final session. Um, England eventually went into the final over of the game, needing to take two wickets. Stuart Broad got rid of Rangana Herath off the first ball. Nuwan Pradeep was given out LBW with just a couple of balls left, but that was overturned on review. Uh, he inside edged it onto his pad, and England couldn't take the final wicket. Broad drew the edge off the final ball, but it didn't carry, and Sri Lanka ended up 201 for nine. That was a much longer summary than I was intending, but I imagine that quite a didn't few people didn't actually watch it because they were watching the World Cup, so perhaps it's good that uh, everyone's on the same page. Uh, but yeah, what a remarkable finish. We've seen a lot of these nine-wicket draws over the last few years, Tone, and in many ways there isn't anything better in cricket. It's just it's great drama, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it's you know, all three results possible. Well, going, into, well to no. going into the final day. Oh, well, yeah, going into the yeah, final yeah. day, all three. And then at the end, yeah, yeah two two results possibly in the fight yeah on the final ball so yeah I mean you can't argue with that kind of that magic really that, that narrative it can be almost unbearable the tension in that kind of situation we've seen these uh, the Cardiff and Centurion and Auckland uh, Cape Town over the last sort of five years and on each of those occasions England have been batting and I found it literally unbearable well, this it's a bit more frustrating about... when you're supporting the bowling so well, I was going to say but it's, it, uh, yeah, I can't Decide which of them is more stressful, really, as a, as a supporter. Whether yeah, whether your team's in the batting or bowling position, because it's really frustrating and, and actually quite nerve wracking when your team's bowling, because you you know, you know you want that tenth wicket, but then batting as well, yeah, it could go at any moment. I think the batting's more hide behind the sofa than the bowling, because yeah, the bowling usually in the si- situations it's tail enders batting, and you know they can't really bat, and they're not going to be able to survive for too long, and you know that that just adds to it all. But it, I mean, remark, like, you know, you say. Well, this this match, uh, you know, Sri Lanka. The game was gone for Sri Lanka. Let's only say it again. But this match, the game was gone for Sri Lanka. You've watched too to... many Dutch games. Thing, <laughs> yeah. The game was gone for Sri But yeah, there have been occasions where all three results have been possible going into the final the final period. I, I guess um, in this particular game, as an England fan, like there can be situations where it's very frustrating as a fan of the bowling team that they don't take that final wicket. I wasn't that frustrated with this, just because at tea time it looked like a certain draw so England actually did really well together that still with what was it with three overs to go they still needed three wickets so it was a fantastic effort to get that close um, and yes it would have been lovely if they'd taken that final wicket if that um, LBW decision had stood um, but it wasn't to be and I wasn't that disappointed about it I mean what a moment when that decision was overturned we, we were watching it and uh, we were laughing because Paul Rifle, the umpire, couldn't have looked more excited yeah. about giving that decision. He couldn't have looked happier about giving it out. He had his finger up straight away, massive grin on his face. Yes! Wagging. Yes, yeah. boys, that's out. Um, but of course it wasn't because Pradeep did uh, more or less smash the cover off that ball. And you know this is a great example of how the DRS 
just works. I mean, nobody really talks about it when it works. And this is kind of human nature that you don't talk about things when they're going well. You think about this, you know, with with referees in football that no one ever comes out of a football match and says, oh, the referee had a great game there. You just talk about them when they make bad decisions. And people only talk about the DRS when there are controversies. They don't talk about it when it does something well like it did here. Uh, you know, because clearly that wasn't out. And if it if the decision had stood and England had won on that basis, it would have been a travesty. And it has to be said that if India had been playing that test, the circumstances were the same, that decision was given, India would have lost because they, they won't have DRS. And this is just a perfect example of why that's a bonkers logic, mm. in my view. And I guess if, if, there, if there were no DRS and England had one in those circumstances, you know, maybe it would have felt a little bit hollow. Like if, if England, you know, if, if the decision had stood and England had won the game, but then you saw the replay and there's a massive inside edge, you would have felt, well, you know, really that that's not fair. And that would have taken the, the gloss off England's win. Obviously, a very similar thing happened in Edgepreston in 2005, and we don't ever talk about that. Uh, so that possibly goes against that argument. But I guess the difference there is that with that, you know, Kasparovic's hand off the bat, it, it, it wasn't immediately obvious that it wasn't out. Whereas with this, you know, that was a poor decision by Rifle because mm, yeah. even watching in real time, although I was celebrating, I knew that he'd hit it. It was pretty, yeah, it was pretty distinct. Yeah, I mean, I basically, DRS saved World War Three on the cricket field because, <laughs> I mean, this, yeah, it has been a rightly or wrongly or, a, yeah, whether you want to talk about not a controversial tour of sorts and there's been a lot of decisions that cause a lot of chat and, yeah, this would, yeah, this would have really irked some people, namely the, the Sri Lankans. Why, why did you say whether you want to talk about it or not, like... I'm trying to stop you from talking about it. Well, I know you try to censor me. Put a gagging order <laughs> on you. I'm not on like, the ECB payroll or anything. Well, no, so I'm just, I'm taught, like, I, I don't know whether, in some respects, I'm just bored of that debate already. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually planning on talking about no, it, well, just, no, no, just because to, yeah. it is a, a you know, a, a much discussed thing. But yeah, you're right. If that decision had stood and England had won the game, the Sri Lankans would have understandably been very upset and it would have just added to this, this feeling added that, the spice. that they have. Yeah. I mean, it took a long time, as we say, for England to to get into the game in that fourth innings, to break through the Sri Lankan top order. Um, it was only really when Sangakkara was out just after tea that you felt actually England possibly could do this. They did labour for most of the day. But once they did get those breakthroughs, they managed to engineer a winning position, couldn't get over the line. Overall, how do you think they went in this game, Tone? Lots of changes. The new era that we've talked about. Was it, a, was it a positive start to that new era? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it, Don't lean back too far, no, people can't hear you. Uh, no, I would say so. Like I said before, it's kind of new era, same era, really. Uh, it's kind of tactically you know, the same, some, same things that some people would regard, would regard as failings, like Cook's captaincy, kind of still shining through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, England kind of did the things they didn't do in the summer, and I, you know, I guess it's a different scenario. In what, last summer? Or sorry, in the, sorry, in the in the winter, come yeah. on, Tony. in the Australian summer. I'm, just, I'm in the Australian mindset, Nathan. <laughs> I think I'm in Australia. <laughs> oh, look, mate, in, our, you know, in, the summer, in the summer, uh, you know, seven, you know, the first inning, seven to ten, put on well, the best part of a couple hundred runs, which they haven't done for ages. Positives, I guess, a couple of the batsmen. You know, Sam Robson spent best part of fifteen hours watching. England bat, yeah, uh, which must have been slightly annoying. But you know, don't chuck him out already. 
but uh, but yeah, balance on the balance. You just like him because he's Australian. Yeah, I just think there should be more of them. Isn't <laughs> uh, but balance route, you know, you can't. That's good to see. On balance, on balance, it was, and, it was a good performance. And you know, Jordan you know, runs and wickets, Plunkett runs and wickets, Broad yeah, Broad the... back in the runs and the wickets. Yeah, there were a lot of good performances, uh, and quite a few from people that were either coming into the team for the first time or are trying to establish themselves in the team or whose places are under pressure. I mean, obviously, Joe Root is one of those. That's England's first double 100 since Cook scored 294 against India three years ago. Uh, Joe Root, not the first, and nor will he be the last England cricketer to go out and do something special immediately after being written off by me on this show. Um, but it was certainly an impressive innings, and I thought he looked a lot more comfortable in the middle order than, than batting at three as he was in the Sama. Still some question marks over his technique. You know, he, he does hang back on that back foot, doesn't he? He's not very keen to come forward. And he was quite fortunate early on in that innings. He played and missed quite a few times. And you get the feeling that better bowling attacks than the Sri Lankan attack will exploit that. You know, Australia exploited it. These Sri Lankan teams just aren't in the same class as the Australians. Nowhere near that. So perhaps we shouldn't get carried away. But you can only score runs against the bowlers you're facing. You can. And he scored 200 of them so that is an emphatic statement by uh, by Rooty by Rute Rute yeah yeah it's me really good Rute. to see but you know Kirk again not 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 much with the bat not much with the, the mind either <laughs> the mind oh yeah he's not got much going on upstairs uh, yeah kick, I mean he, it's weird because he got, he got stick for about four and a half days and then uh, then he did get a bit of praise for for how he captained on the final day yeah, well, I think he's, I think Cook should be given some credit. He was a bit more inventive with his field placing. He was a bit more imaginative with his tactics on that final day. You know, England did suddenly break through after tea and um, they were rewarded for some hard work on that day and, and Cook was rewarded as well. I think it would be harsh to criticise, to overly criticise his captaincy in this game. You know, a lot of people said, oh, England should have declared earlier. And in retrospect, you can say, well, yeah, if they declared five overs earlier... They would have won the game. But, you know, England were in a big hole on the fourth day. They could. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really have declared any earlier because Schlenker would have felt pretty confident about winning the game. if After the winter that they have had as well, or the summer, I should say, you know, I, I can certainly understand why Kit was more keen or keen first of all to protect the draw to make sure that England weren't going to lose than to, to set up the victory so I don't think he should get too much criticism for that 
But yeah, as you say, his his form with the bat remains a huge source of concern. He hasn't made a, a, a score of, of any description really in Test cricket for over a year now. This is a massive summer for Cook, for Cook the captain and Cook the batsman, particularly Cook the batsman. And you'd have to say that it's not got off to a great start in that respect. You know, the ECB have, have basically set up this England team around him now. They've said Alistair Cook is going to be the England captain for the foreseeable future. And as a consequence of that, they've got rid of Kevin Peterson because they didn't feel that they could work together. You could make an argument that one of the reasons they brought back Peter Moores is because he gets on so well with Cook. So all of this is on the basis that Cook is going to be England's captain for the next five plus years. But really the one thing that Cook has got going for him as a captain, his biggest attribute, his biggest strength as a captain is that he scores buckets of runs and leads by example. If he's not doing that, then I'm not sure what his value is as a captain, really. Yes, he was a bit better with his captaincy in this game, but there are probably better candidates if, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, he does need runs quickly. I mean, in that kind of dry spell without a century, he batted 20 times against Australia. Uh, so I think that's kind of almost a kind of micro, batting microclimate, isn't it? I don't know what the word is, really. Yeah, he's had but, two innings not against Australia yeah, in that year. By the time you've, you've, yeah, by the time we got into the, yeah, the summer... Uh, uh, can we actually switch full time to the Australian calendar? <laughs> By the time we got into the summer, you know, yeah, the, you know, the Australians started to get get a grip on it, get a grip on things, and then obviously everything fell apart. So yeah, he had big problems did, with Ryan Harris. He had big yeah. problems with Mitchell Johnson. It's probably a bit unfair to completely write him off on that basis because lots of batsmen have had problems with particular bowlers, and also if they lose form at the same time, then it's a bit of a um, What's the word I'm looking for? What's the expression? When it all comes together at the same time. Perfect storm. Perfect storm. Yeah, I mean, it's like that movie with George yeah. Clooney. You'd expect him to start picking up runs fairly soon. Well, yeah, you've got to expect that he's going to come back to form at some point. This is a man who's got more test centuries than any other England player ever. So you've got to imagine it's that he's going to come back. It's such a weird thing. It's, it's a crazy, insane thing that his livelihood and the thing he does for a job is score runs and he has, he's not scoring runs because it's like you know if you went to work and suddenly you, you, know, you just couldn't type <laughs> you, you, you could walk up to the keyboard but you just couldn't you couldn't write more than you know 30 words is that what you think you, I do at work well you see I'm just that's a kind of you know that's an example of something <laughs> that one might do in a normal job because uh, right. you, you know how long would you last before they chopped you it's like you going into work tone and finding you're not able to natter with all your, with all your pals. Yeah, <laughs> you're awful. Difficult to imagine the kind of pressure and the kind of powder keg that is his brain at the moment. No, you're right. It's like uh, a writer having writer's block, uh, an artist having artist <laughs> block. Yeah. You know, it's there, there, there's a few parallels with other professions but not many it's not a normal job is it no and so it must be a very difficult place to be in clearly he's under a lot of pressure yeah and you've got people like us reminding you that you can't <laughs> exactly. do your job every you know, almost every day and i know he listens to this <laughs> yeah, over yeah. his breakfast he's got his bowl of cheerios and he's just in tears so i apologize for that Alex. But, but, I'm, I'm sure you're going to come back to form i've got no doubt about that a year ago if you told me that we were going to be having this conversation i'd have laughed because he was in such a ridiculous vein of form but it's just to extend the analogy it's like not only can you not type 
uh, and you can't string more than kind of 20 or 30 words together before you fall off your chair. It's like you, you every day, every time you walk to work, you've got like two or three people walking alongside you, having a kind of conversation, going like, "Yeah, he's rubbish, isn't he? <laughs> he just can't type at the moment." You've got to think he's going to get back to it at some point. It's like that for you know every day back and forth to work whilst you're not doing it. What does that do it's to you? True. Does that does that give you a lot more sympathy for England cricketers? It does. England footballers as well, you know. England everything. Well, yeah, so what I'm saying is, I've no, I've no doubt, you know, despite the pressure that he's under, I've no doubt that he will come back to form. But the sooner the better, really. If it doesn't happen at Headingley, you know, and he goes into that India series still under a crowd, a crowd, a cloud, you know, the, the pressure's just going to keep on growing, isn't it? That cloud is only getting darker. Growing so. calls. <laughs> Mounting <laughs> pressure. Yeah, but let's focus on the positives. I mean, 100 for Gary Balance as well. Bit of a strange decision in some ways to bat him at number three, given he's never done that for Yorkshire and given that um, Ian Bell and Joe Root both do that for their counties. But Balance repaid the faith, scored 100 in a very difficult situation because England were crumbling at one point. You know, after a, a fairly poor first innings tone, I was beginning to go off balance. Ha <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, he uh, he did he did much better in the second innings. Chris Jordan as well looked decent on his debut. He was never going to live up to the expectations, I guess, because uh, they were very very high. But he did take a wicket with his third ball in Test cricket, so he he had a good go at it. Uh, didn't quite continue in that vein thereafter, but you know kept plugging away. He plugged away very well on the final day. Bowled an eight over spell with seven maidens in it. And scored important runs in the third innings as yeah, well. Yeah, he got five wickets in the end, the best part of... Yeah, he scored about 70-odd runs and five wickets. Yeah, this is a, a very good debut. I, I say this a lot about a lot of people, but if Andrew Flintoff had done that for England, <laughs> you'd have said that's a, that's a very good test that he's had there. So, yeah, great debut for Jordan. Uh, Plunkett Moldwell also not uh, as many wickets, didn't really get the rewards he perhaps deserved because he did look hostile throughout. And with broad coming back and looking good and Anderson bowling fantastically well on the final day he got four wickets on the final day uh, was the one to really spark England into life now that is an exciting looking pace unit the elephant in the room remains the spin department we've talked about this at great length over the last few weeks but did Moen Ali look to you like he can be a, a frontline spinner at this level he's not is he at the moment do we want him to be either well it seems like England do want him to be because they've, they've you know they've not picked a frontline spinner in their squad, they seem to be saying, yeah, Ali's going to be our all-rounder, if you like, but our spin-bowling all-rounder. He's not terrible, is he? He'll tie up and end, but he just doesn't have uh, the sort of... He doesn't have the, the penetration. No. Uh, matron. Uh, <laughs> uh, he doesn't have that kind of cutting edge that we're looking for. And you've got to say that if Graham Swan had been playing for England in this game, they'd have wrapped it up. They they not only would have won, they would have wrapped it up much earlier. I think he's got a role as a, a batting all-rounder. Yeah, I mean, there might be space for him to be that player and England can bring in a front-line spinner, an out-and-out spinner at some point, but they've got to find that spinner. But I think, as I said last week, you know, just give him a bit of time, let's see what happens. Let's see who puts the hand up. Yeah, I mean, all of this, we're, we're analysing in great detail people on the strength of one test match, uh, which is perhaps a little bit unfair. You know, Chris Jordan had a great debut, but that doesn't mean he'll have a great second game. It doesn't mean he's going to have, you know, a... 80 test match career we really need to wait and see um, same with Moanali. he looked very assured with the bat didn't pull up any trees with the ball but let's see how he goes in the second game but having said that I do remain concerned and I, I if I were able to have a, a direct 
telephone line to the England selectors, I would be ringing it off the hook, just saying, you know, get Monty back or give Bar- Gareth Batty a, another go. Just have someone in there who actually bowls spin as a job. A word on Sri Lanka. How did you assess them in this match? So lucky to escape with a draw or, or would defeat have been harsh? I think defeat probably been harsh. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think England did an awful lot to deserve victory. So on that, in that, you know, in that sense... Yeah, it was probably the draw was probably an accurate draw reflection. Result, yeah. I mean, it was in a very flat pitch, very difficult for either side to force results. In that sense, you can say, well, England did really quite well to get so close. But I think it would have been a bit unfair. I think you know, Sri Lanka started to panic, didn't they, when Sangakara got out, and that's pretty much what gave England their way in. But on the balance of play, you know, I think Sri Lanka did all right in this game. I was actually quite impressed with um, Aranga and with Pradeep, the seam bowlers. You know, they, they're much better. Uh, bowlers than they were the last time I saw either of them. You know, perhaps still a bit reliant on Sangakara. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, was, he was on course for four centuries in a row, wasn't he? Going to that final innings and looked, you would have put quite a lot of money. I didn't, but you would have put quite a lot of money on him getting that fourth hundred. It's funny, isn't it? Whenever England play, like whatever team England are playing, their bas- best batsman is the best batsman in the world. When we play West Indies, Chandapur's the best. When we play South Africa, Amla's the best. When we play Australia, Clark's, Clark's the, the best. best. When we yeah. play Sri Lanka, Sangakara's the best. And at the moment, you've got to say that Kimon Sangakara's the best batsman in the world. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, Jaya Wardner didn't really do a great deal, did he? He got, uh, he got 55 in the first innings. But, you know, there were, there were good contributions from other batsmen. The openers uh, actually did pretty well. Kaushal Silva got twin 50s. And Angelo Matthews with 100 probably the most under the radar of the four centuries in the game uh, but that was a great knock as well so you know yeah it, it would have been uh, pretty harsh I think on Sri Lanka to lose this game both they and England are going to move on to Headingley now for the second and final test which starts on Friday what's going to happen Tone before this series you predicted one all what a ridiculous no, prediction stupid I never prediction. would have, stupid boy stupid prediction I never would have predicted that I went for one nil to England so could well happen, but what do, what do you reckon? Could Sri Lanka pinch a victory here? The way England went about it in that first test, I don't know. I mean, a draw, another draw is a possibility. So is either of the other two results. Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to say tie? I'm going to say England win. You think they've got the momentum? England to, now? England to slightly, yeah, to, just to come through and and, and do it. To come you? through and do it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for an England win as oh, well. Coffee. Uh, but having said that, you know, if Sri Lanka win the toss back first, put 400 on the board. You know, there's still a vulnerability about the England batting lineup, even though they got five seven five in that first inning. In the second innings, they showed that you know they, if the Sri Lankans do make early inroads, there's there's a, a brittleness to them. So, you know, I wouldn't be putting a huge amount of money on England. Have you made any money on the the World Cup yet? Mm. Mm. What have you What have you won mm. so far? Probably well, not. Probably about 150 up, I suppose. You're 150 pounds up. Yeah, I've got to get in on this. You've got to get in this racket. I mean, I will. It'll go before the end. You know, <laughs> it'll go. It's kind of it flat. It's, if you look to the graph, I mean, it's like a kind of there's a lot of up and downs, but the general trend is up. Have you ever cashed out any oh, yeah, money that time. you've won on yeah, that? Big yeah. Time. yeah. To look at the amount of time I spend thinking about it and doing it, it it's probably about one pound fifty an hour, <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of a wage. But it does give me tremendous satisfaction. Yeah. Much like Phil Neville's voice, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been so boring that it sent a nation to sleep, prompted a flood of complaints to the BBC, and caused Twitter to pretty much explode. As a result, it's probably about time that we brought it to an end. 
Poor old Phil Neville, eh, Tone? What a guy. Given his first co-commentary gig for the England v Italy game. Turns out he's not very good at it. Uh, and what, about 500 people have complained to the BBC? And he got savaged on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I feel a bit bad for the guy. What are the BBC doing, chucking him in there? I mean, obviously Gary Neville is very good. Oh, they obviously thought, so they obviously Gary. thought Well, we can't get Gary because he's, he's actually employed by England. I mean, the commentators, Phil's available. The commentators at the World Cup have had a pretty torrid time, though, you know. Lawrenson's Lawrenson. <laughs> Phil Neville. Lawrenson is a Popped his head above the parapet and got, <laughs> had it blown off. And then, and, you know, uh, what's his name? Clark Carlisle. No, well, but what's the, one, what's, is it, what's the one who. What's the one he called? Was Jonathan like, Pierce. Jonathan Pierce. It's like, no goal. It says no goal. What is this? What can this put? This is ridiculous. It's like, They've changed their minds. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was appalling. I think there should be a. At some stage, they should do a kind of role reversal. So, like, Pommy goes and contacts on the football. Pommy and Bangor. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Lawrence and goes. Can you imagine Lawrence co commentating? Well, given how much disdain he seems to have for football, yeah. a game that he played to international level and presumably likes to some extent. It's sad when you don't, you don't do a much, job you love. How much would he hate cricket? But I just don't understand, Lawrence, because listening to his commentary, he clearly doesn't enjoy football. He's at, was it the Argentina-Bosnia yeah. game? You know, American He's R. in the American R. 100,000 yeah. people there watching Lionel Messi. So many people would kill for that job, and he's just absolutely fuming that he's yeah. been forced to do this. Unbelievable. Come on, England, though, Tane. Uruguay tomorrow England. night. When's the second test start? Friday. It's a big couple of days for uh, English sport then, that, isn't it? Huge. The football, the, Eng- the Italy game, it was a shame because we actually played well in that. Yeah. I'm getting so into it. Like, I, I think to myself, I thought to myself before the tournament that I'm not as bothered anymore, but turns out that's not the case. You still I, believe. I listened, to the, I listened to three lines yesterday <laughs> and I almost burst into tears. <laughs> it is. It is pretty special. <laughs> yeah. I was singing along going, It's ready for war, as good as before. Just feel the tears rolling down my cheeks. Well, anyway, that's about it for the World Cricket Show this week. Uh, yeah, we didn't do those side notes. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll roll them over for next week. It's a rollover, Tone. It's a rollover. It's a less exciting one, perhaps, than the National Lottery when that rolls exciting. over. But um, it is a rollover. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about those and to talk about the second test. You can probably hear that plane outside. Mm. It's going over. You know, this is... It's gone. Just planes going over all the time. Flight path. We are on the flight path, aren't we? Right, cool, mate. But that's it for this week. Uh, very quickly, if you like the show, check out our website, cricketshow.net. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you've got a spare couple of minutes, because we do really appreciate all of those that help to attract new listeners. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricketshow. Click the like button there. And everything's happening on Twitter. The show account is at cricketshow. You can follow me at Adam Bayfield 12 You can follow Tony at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Uh, and follow me on Instagram. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Can they follow you on Instagram, Tony, or are you not? No, they can. Yeah, what's your handle? Uh, at High Rise Underground. You gave such a grin there. You're so proud of that. Uh, well, it's going to be my... Oh. Yeah, I don't know how to use that. So don't cut. That's mine. No one can take it. That's I fine. don't have the URL. That's, that's stupid. It's part of your brand. 
High Rise Underground, though. That's like, come on, for like a some kind of music promotions company. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> your face then, such pride in your face. <laughs> Enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy the cricket, and we'll be back next week, hopefully in the studio. Uh, although we'll have to see how it goes. We'll play it by ear. Uh, but yeah, apologies if it was all a bit rushed tonight. But you know, it's all part of the fun. A, a bad episode's better than no episode. <laughs> am I right, Tone? Probably. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see when the feedback starts rolling in. Take it easy, everyone. Stay yeah. in school. We'll see you next week. Sleep well. Bye for now. Cherry. Sleep well. Oh my days. Can smell your fear. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.